They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt. That's right. He banged it right there, Mikey. He banged it, man. This is my friend, T-Bone. You gotta get out of here. You gotta go, GD. GD, get out. You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Friday morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard, Mac and Bone with you. Ready to close out this week in style. Or at least we hope so. At least we hope so. Uh, we got a lot of Panther talk today, man. It is off-season time. Yesterday, the coaching staff was pretty much finalized with the announcements of a bunch of new hires and the retaining of the entire defensive staff, which is absolutely great. Uh, we'll let you know those names. There's some trends. There's some predictable trends here. Uh, this is not the all-star take them from all over the place coaching staff, and I'm not complaining about that, but we will uh, talk about the coaching staff. Uh, we have to give Charlotte a little love for their win last night. Caitlin Clark deserves some praise after setting the all-time NCAA women's scoring record in style last night. We've got Albert Breer bringing up side and trade possibilities for Brian Burns. So I know that's going to get us going, get us talking. Uh, the anti-ACC narratives by the media and the bracketologists, have you had enough? Or do you look at it and say, yeah, maybe this isn't our best year in the ACC? We'll talk through that today on the Mac and Bone Show. we got a lot going on. Daytona will focus on. We're going to talk to Marty Snyder from NBC and their racing coverage uh, as we have uh, the duels in place after last night. Wins by Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. Uh, the 500 coming up, weather permitting, on Sunday. And Bone will pick his favorite driver for 2024. Ooh. And the beautiful huh? thing about this, and by the way, hello, Bone Man. Good the morning. beautiful thing about this is Bone didn't just put, like, maybe, like, Flound, like, the top 10, 12 names in the sport mm. in there. Oh, exactly. Pick a driver. Bone has put... The entire field for the Daytona 500. So he could, oh, what a great, oh, he could end up tremendous. being a Kaz Grala fan for the full 2024 season. A man that may or may not race in another race the entire <laughs> rest of the year. Well, you don't know that yet. That could be my guy. So no offense, Kaz. No, great great please, performance last that, night. That's one of 43 options to be my guy because I also put, put 40 drivers on here. I've also got Max Choice, Flounder's Choice, Textline Choice. That could come up here at some point. I'll say this, though, Mac. Whoever's selected today, lives will change because I'll have a favorite driver. There'll be a partnership. There'll be opportunities for me to buy merchandise for the driver. There'll be meet and greets with me and that driver. Interviews, I'll reach out and say, hey, get my favorite driver. For example, Denny Hamlin on this show on Monday. That's my favorite driver. Oh, for the lives, love of God, please tell me it's not him. Back if you, who I pick. If you pull Denny Hamlin out, can we just repick? Two out, that's <laughs> two out of three. That's two I mean, out of three. Great driver, but do we need to do, I, do we need to host a show with a Hamlin fan for Why a full season? Why do you have season? to rip my possible driver? I've never ripped Denny Hamlin before. Uh, yes, I have. The Charwood Comfort <laughs> System temperature, and I'm kind of hoping it's not Denny Hamlin. The Charwood Comfort System temperature right now Ooh, number 48 choose local choose charlotte comfort charlotte comfort systems.com i am excited i'm going to eliminate people throughout the show 
So I'm going to get it down to the final couple by the well, end. Well, the, four, the 48, that might be some good luck, Bone. That might be our guy, Jimmy Johnson, that could possibly end up being your pick. What do you mean? Alex Bowman's in the 48. Well, no, but I'm saying, okay, well, I was thinking more old school. Now he's got <laughs> he's that number 84. flipped around. He made the field. He had to sweat that my, one my out, first though, reaction, My first reaction was, oh, Jimmy Johnson, because that number isn't great in my head. Yeah, age. it's Alex Bowman, baby. I, uh, Flound, I thought, I, thought I thought it was good stuff last night. Oh, like, yes. Like the final lap, uh, well, for really the final lap of both duels last night. But the final lap of the first duel, I thought was amazing. Um, even though my man uh, Kyle Larson got passed uh, in the final lap and Reddick won the race. Great move by Reddick. Um, but I thought that was dramatic. Then Jimmy Johnson passing J.J. Yaley to get in on the final lap, too, I thought was great. And then the second race, you get a big one in the second race. Um, you know, and Blaney took a hard hit. I think he's guess he's fine. But, man, that was Jeez. a shot. And then the finish in that one, even with a bunch of cars, you know, banged up and out, the finish in that one was the last lap of that one was great, too. So uh, last lap passes in each of the wins. So I'll take that at the end of the 500, man. Oh, that would be outstanding. Yeah, no, I thought the racing last night was mostly clean. It showed you, you know, if there are some of these long extended green flag runs, the challenges that getting on pit road, pitting with your teammates. Now, it'll be Of course, there'll be bigger groups. Last night, the problem that a lot of these guys ran into was if you came down with a smaller group, like in the first race, there was a time where two dudes pitted. That was it. Yeah. So like they got completely lost. Yeah, exactly. You got to hope this race gets in on Sunday. I know that the rain chances for Sunday afternoon went down to 50% as of yesterday. Saturday, I think might be a, yeah, Saturday is a a major mess down there, but uh, we got to hope this race gets in flounder for multiple reasons. Yes. Uh, Mac is out on Monday. Well-deserved oh, uh, day God. off. It's you and I. No, I'm just kidding. Soccer tournament. That big soccer, big so soccer tournament we, this weekend. We need y'all. updates on Way that. bigger than Daytona. We need sports <laughs> news on Monday, Mac. We got no football on Monday. Uh, the Hornets are not in action. All-star weekend. If the Daytona race does not get in here on Monday to give us a little something to, for the show, Flounder and I could be, once again, talking about Tom Hanks movies. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that, baby. All right. Uh, n- nothing wrong. No shame in that game. By the way, Reddick went from seventh to first on the final lap. It's not bad. Of, of his duel to win it, which just goes to show how exciting. I mean, it's just super speedway racing. Flat. I mean, I know the drivers, oh, they lose their minds over the big one and stuff like that. It's out of their control, right? Yes. And I know that kills them, but it all it's it really is a Jay Billis Duke Carolina thing. It always delivers at the end oh, on these tracks. And Macker, the best part is, man, we get two of them right out of the gate. You get Daytona, and then you get Mini Daytona with Atlanta the next week. Yeah, oh, the way Atlanta's man. racing. No, oh, I think it's good. I love it. I think it's a good start. I'll Flounder is over there drooling right now. Flounder is, Flounder is about to yell out boogity here at some point. <laughs> hey, we got to give some love to Caitlin Clark, man. Oh, um, my goodness. She, and she does it in very fitting style. She hits a three uh, from about 30-something feet. Uh, she scored. She needed eight points last night for the all-time scoring record. She just went out and scored the first eight points for Iowa in the game. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. Um, and uh, and she is so special. I heard Holly Rowe say last night that she thinks that Caitlin Clark is the biggest star in college basketball. They, I was men's thinking- or women's, and mm. I I mm-hmm. don't I don't hear a lie there, right? I mean this this woman the ratings that women's basketball right now women's basketball in general has a lot of. St- star power and storylines, but I haven't seen anything like Caitlin Clark I, uh, on Twitter. And I'm f- I know I'm far from the first person probably to say this, but I, I called her Stephanie Curry on Twitter. I have never seen a woman play basketball this close away to Steph Curry. No, I- first of all, you don't see men play basketball like Steph Curry. 
it's crazy, Bone, the way she can pull up from 35 and hit a three. Like, I've never seen a woman like this. It's unbelievable, man. I was looking at the game log for her last night for the season. Her lowest point total in a game this year is 23 points. Mag, it's not just the points that she has. 49 points, 13 assists last night. Prior game, 31 and 10, 27 and 15, 38 and 12, 35 and 10. She will be the biggest star nationally in March Madness. She will be the most yes, social yes, media I agree. thing. She'll be the thing that people talk. She will be the most talk because we know her as a legitimate college basketball star that we've followed from, from year to year. College basketball has their stars. But not that level. Men's we don't, game we don't know anything that's like this. Not anymore. Big old Moose Zach Eady ain't quite as entertaining to no. watch as Caitlin Clark. He's not for God's pulling sake. up from the uh, the logo. And no, I mean his. I wish he'd try one though. Listen, he scores. He hit a three the other night. Did he hit a three over the weekend or something? Or, or the? Uh, uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see I think it. He hit a three. <laughs> Big old Moose. But um, I'm telling you, his points are just kind of like. I, Zach Eady feels like Bone at the college level. Feels like when you were young and you went and played with kids five years younger than you. Throw it into the post, baby. I got him on my back. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like with Zach Eady, every basket he scores. He's a a great player, right? But he is an all-time boring player to watch, too, though. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, he's, he's good, man. And I don't doubt that. And he'll, he'll, he'll be beating some people in March this year, as opposed to last year. But he, he's not the most, you watch him, Mac, and you're like, all right, he get he's so slow with the ball. It's just like, here we go. Not exactly and now, in, in like 25, 30 years ago, when the big man was more prevalent in the post, probably would have fit in better in terms of what we're watching, but not really anymore. But it's um, the thing, good, though. And we know what the deal is with the men's game. You've got kids that, you know, either don't go to college now, right? They're uber talented and go play G League or whatever. Or you have kids that are one and done. Yeah. Whereas Caitlin Clark has been there for a career. Last year, we saw her storyline. She had 41s. They knocked off South Carolina in the semi. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that they have an advantage there with girls like Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark that are established stars. But she's unbelievable. She is thoroughly entertaining. And uh, she uh, deserves all the love, all the plaudits after last night. There is no doubt about it. Uh, men's hoops last night. Charlotte got another win bone. They're now 10 and two in conference. They've won their their last two after that uh, disappointing uh, come from ahead loss against uh, South Florida. They righted the ship last night bone. Um, you had Jackson with 19. Patterson with 17 last night. Big win at Halton for uh, for the Niners. They've got Wichita State on Sunday is their next game. Then they go to Memphis, an interesting spot. Yeah, and then that's, that's South Florida game's looming, too. That's in a couple of weeks at home. Halton will be uh, – we thought it was electric for ECU, a rivalry game where they packed Halton. That's South Florida game, Matt, where South Florida – First place they're almost They're almost ranked, right? I think they're right there getting close to being ranked. That'll be a fun game. In a couple weeks, a few more before they get there. That was a Charlotte-type win. Um, Texas-San Antonio kind of hanging around in, in the game. Five points, six points, seven points. But by the end, uh, Charlotte put it away. It was very much reminiscent, Mac, of how they've won a lot of games, where a team hung around, but by the end, Charlotte pulled away, and uh, that was it. Good night. Dude, Good night, Sh- Roadrunners. Dude, beat, beat. Charlotte's defense, and I know that they basically run that pack line that Ron Sanchez put in, and Fern was an assistant there at the end for Sanchez. So they play this pack line defense, Virginia, you know, defense. Sanchez brought it here, and it can be smothering. Um, last night, they held um, uh, Texas San Antonio to, I think it was like 41% from two, 
and 30% from three. The only reason, Bone, the game wasn't a total blowout is because Texas San Antonio had a gazillion offensive rebounds. Yeah. Charlotte was getting killed there on the glass. Um, but other than that, their defense, like their three-point shooting defense is elite. Their, effect, their, their effective field goal percentage defense, I think, is first in the conference. They play some great first-shot defense, but they, they got to clean up those boards. That sometimes is a weakness. Maggie, if you go look at Conference USA and their teams right now and the American Athletic Conference, what a what a move to the conference this has been for them. Because now they get, we said South Florida's 11-1. and one. Uh, Charlotte's good. Uh, Florida Atlantic wins again last night. Ranked, went to the Final Four last year. SMU, UAB. Uh, Memphis was supposed to be one of the best teams, but they've struggled. It's just such a much better conference, Mag. It's a deeper conference. There's more matchups that are interesting. They'll, we'll grow over time. We'll, we'll get to know South Florida more and some of these teams a little more. But it's just such it's, it's a just such a better conference to to monitor and follow Charlotte in than the previous one they were in. It definitely is. Now, some teams are kind of the same, but it, it's it's just a better conference to watch, man. It is. It was a big move for football, and I think it's a good move for basketball. Aaron Fern now 1-0 and bone as the official full-time coach, right? Not interim coach anymore, so he won his first game as the full-time guy. So good for Fernie there. Man. Yeah, between two ferns, as they call him, right? No? Nothing? He's only one fern. Now, if his brother coached with him... That would be something. <laughs> Make that happen, Bone. I'm on it. I'm going to eliminate a driver here uh, when we go to commercial break. This segment is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. When we come back, we have the update on the Panthers coaching staff being in full. And we have a, a news item on Jackson Mahomes that um, was really Great to see what, not great to see what he was involved in, but Jackson Mahomes, a hero Jack, the other day. I, I'm still shaking my head, but it's amazing. We'll talk about that next. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFND. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Good to have you all with us here on a Friday Mac and Bone Show. A lot of football, all right? We might have played the Super Bowl last week, but we're still going. A lot of football on a Friday, including conversation today about the NCAA football video game coming back. The trailer dropped yesterday. Oh, yes. And, and I, have, I don't think there's a sports video game with a cult following like this game has. Like this game... I think it's because they took it from us. Yeah, it's a, you know what I mean? 100%. I think it's the fact that we love playing it. I remember when I would play, I'd have Madden. Man, I played a lot of video games back then. When you got Madden, seasons going. I have seasons going, dynasties going on the on the college football game. But it's definitely the fact we lost it for so long, Bone, and now it's coming back. Because it, it, it went away, and we loved it. it it's uh, gone, and, and the nostalgia for it is it's kind of all-time stuff. Where you just watch the trailer, and people go, Bonkers! I haven't played video games in a couple years. I've I've actually I've, I've matured, Mac, and I'm I'm busy throughout my life. I've got stuff I've got going on. Like yesterday, I was catching up on Jersey Shore, but I've got a lot going on here. <laughs> but I think this video game returning brings the Bone Man back to video. I, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll be playing this game. I, I'm huge. the same. I'm the same way, man. I haven't played video games really since early college. And yeah, this really? could get me back into it. Yeah, God. I can't wait. I haven't to, played video games since last Saturday. 
Can't wait till. <laughs> and I'm 50. I'm going to be trying to get Duke and South Carolina the 12 team playoff. That's what I'll be working on here. Oh, that's an idea. That's an idea. So anyway, we're going to talk about the 12 team playoff involved in this thing now, right? It's yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got NIL involved in this dang thing, apparently. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Mac and Bone uh, with you. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about that college football video game and how much are you? Are y'all out there feeling like so many people are? Like this is awesome that this game is coming back to us. Uh, I do want to talk some Panthers and some NFL tidbits uh, here for the next few minutes. All right, so the Panthers yesterday, Bone, announced that the whole defensive staff is returning intact, which is perfect, man. It's perfect. Uh, Dave Canales doesn't have to put the full staff together. Dave Canales can focus on offensive assistance, the special teams group, and then when it comes coaching time, Bone, Dave Canales can really hone in on that offensive side of the ball. Averro and company feel like they're going to run um, on their own as a unit. Uh, the new coaches that were announced yesterday, Bone, there was five new coaches announced yesterday. Some of uh, one or two that we already kind of knew about, but there's there's definitely some new names in there. Uh, Will Harriger, quarterbacks coach. He was in Dallas last year, but was in Seattle before that. You're going to hear me say he was in Seattle a lot here during this. I think it's eight of the 19 on-field full-time assistants for the Panthers had been in Seattle. So that's definitely the link uh, with Dave Canales. Nathan Carroll, son of Pete Carroll, has been added to the staff bone. Um, uh, You have Kelly. Do you know how to say this name? Uh, Kukua, Kalai Kukua, Kalai Kukua. All right, he is. I don't don't know if we're saying it right, but I like saying it. Assistant line coach, and I apologize to him if I don't know how to say your name, sir. Um, Kukua, Kukua. Yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Lene Kukua is is she here as the assistant coach? No, Um, no. no. He is the assistant line coach, and he was in Seattle with Canales. Pat McPherson, tight end coach. He was Seattle's tight end coach for years. Uh, they bring in uh, Darren Bates, special teams assistant. Now, he was not in Seattle with Canales, but he was in Seattle last year. Okay. Canales was yeah. in Tampa, but he is being brought in by Tracy Smith, who was in Seattle with Canales and was the special teams coach when Darren Bates was the special teams assistant in Seattle. I like the fact that I don't know a lot of these guys as opposed to last year when we, it was the all-star staff. I kind of like it this year that it's unknown and it's not about the staff, but these guys are known to Canales and it's like, all right, fellas, go coach. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. This is on, this is a normal staff where we don't know most of the guys. It feels more, we know, I mean, we know the defensive guys. You know what I mean? It feels more normal where you're hiring guys that you're comfortable with, right? Yes. It seems like that's done often. Now, David Tepper's thing last year was he didn't like the way Matt Rule brought in all his buddies, you know, from the college background. And so he wanted Frank Reich to go. He's willing to pay big money to get guys that come from other systems, other schools of thought, and not just your buddies. And it sounded so great in theory last year. I mean, I can't, I got to tell you, I mean, I embraced that theory with open arms. I kissed that theory, you know, last year. Yeah. Um, I was so into that theory of, hey, it's not his buddies. It's not his buddies. And I got to be honest, that theory was overrated as hell. Nobody was on the same page, it felt like. We got, enam- you know? we got enamored with the names and didn't realize. Maybe a lot of people didn't. I don't think they realized that just because they had big names doesn't mean the blend was going to be right. Exactly. And it became exactly. Combustible Flounder. Look at Pat McPherson here, the tight ends coach. Uh, does that not look kind of like our general here, Jeff Rickard? 
Move your arm. I can't see. I believe Pat McPherson might be Jeff Rickard. That's a little. That's that's uh that's Rickard and Matt Ryan smashed and together. And Rob Riggle, yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Rob <laughs> Riggle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeff Rickard and Rob Riggle were uh, were in one. And apparently Matt Ryan flounders put in there as well. All right, very interesting. I haven't seen the man, but I feel like I can somehow picture him now. I feel like I can. I I my thoughts on on. On the way this has gone, this evolution of how the head coaches have picked the coaching staffs is that David Tepper thought the problem bone was Matt Rule bringing in his guys. I don't think that was the problem. I think it's Matt Rule and his guys were mostly college guys. I think that was the problem. They weren't NFL coaches. Way too many of them also. Yeah, they weren't NFL coaches. I think that that was the big problem. I don't think it was that he guys he's familiar with. It's just that they're not trying to win games in the Big 12 anymore. You know, I also think I that, that was the biggest problem. I also think one of the biggest problems with Matt Rule's staff was the fact that Matt Rule was on it. <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> that is a slight issue as well. And by the way, and, and this was previously reported by Joe Person, but Jim Caldwell's back as a senior assistant. And I think that's a key for a first time head coach on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's a key to have somebody like that. I you, you could maybe nitpick the experience on the offensive side of the ball. It seems to be a very young Staff, yes. it's like there's, you know, you do have Capers and Caldwell, but you don't have anybody else that has a lot of experience. But point. we'll see how it goes. Last year we had experience, we had names, and it just couldn't have gone freaking worse, man. It really couldn't have. I mentioned this earlier, Bone. We'll talk about this more as the show goes on. But uh, Albert Breer yesterday was speculating about guys that could be franchise tagged and traded. And two guys that he mentioned are two guys that are very intriguing here to Panther fans. One is, of course, Brian Burns. And I'm sure there are plenty of Panther fans out there saying, yeah, go ahead and do it. I'm personally not really in that camp. Although that little Hassan Reddick theory had me thinking the other day. But um, the other one is T. Higgins. Okay. So uh, how long, Bone, until somebody texts us and proposes a tag and trade swap? 20 minutes ago. Oh, it already happened? I assume it happened. I thought I saw something on there. Scroll down here. I'm guessing somewhere along the way. So do you tag and trade Burns and then use that to then trade for the tagged and trade T. Higgins? It's it's definitely an intriguing thought, right? Uh, Part of the T. Higgins stuff, Mac, is going to be that they have to sign Jamar Chase soon, right? So so you're probably thinking, why would they not just keep Higgins? Well, (laughs) They've got they've got one of the premier wideouts in the league coming up here after next season. It's when his stuff has to be done. So Jamar Chase is going to be their number one priority. Yeah, up. that's what Breer said. Um, now, granted, listen, they could both be tagged and and paid. You know what I mean? Like this is Breer just saying he thinks there's a legitimate shot for either one of these guys. But it's all speculation. You can't even put the tag on somebody bone until next week. I think it's like mid next week, February twentieth, whatever date that is. It's all running together for me. But uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, That'd something be like Tuesday. that. Yeah, that's when you can start putting a tag on, and then you have a few weeks Tuesday to do that. You know whether or not you're going to tag somebody. To me, the key is getting Luvu done. You've got the tag that you that I think they want to use on Burns as a mechanism, right? But Luvu, you don't want him to get to free agency. Right. You want to get that done and then tag Burns. And then, you know, you got both those guys, you know, kind of under control, for lack of a better term. And then if you didn't get Luvu done, that puts a lot of pressure to then really work something out with Burns. You don't want Burns. To, you know what I mean? You want to at least have Luvu Mac done in the bag that, you know, he's done. And then you can work on Burns. You don't want to have Luvu get the free agency and then possibly 
you know, something goes awry with Burns, whatever happens there, I don't know. You don't want to have a situation there where you've got Luvu on the market and you're trying to figure out Burns at the same time. That's what get I'm saying. one done, man. Luvu's the one Luvu's, that you can get yeah, done. That's what I'm saying. Luvu's the one that, that, you know, Burns is going to be tagged. I think we all believe that. That's not a simple one. Luvu, could it be a little simpler? I don't know. You know, unless his, unless his agent says we go on to free agency. You know, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how that ends up playing out. But uh, I'm chomping at the bit for offseason stuff to happen. You know, we got the coaching hire took us through the month of January. Other teams are playing playoff games. We do what we do in January, Bone. We run 92.7 to search. All right, so we did that. Actually, we got to we got to do a search on the basketball yeah, side. We're now. not we're not done yet. It's just on hiatus. Well, I guess it's going on, but yeah. But um, you know, we that kind of kept us entertained as Panther fans. I'm right now kind of chomping at the bit for like Panther news, like restructures. I don't want to say I'm rooting for guys to get cut, but like I'm just rooting for like off-season things to start happening. We got a little calm before the storm here. I'm sure you you may have mentioned this within the last couple of days, and I, I just there's so much talking that goes on. Jeremy Fowler said two days ago that the Wuvu talks are going to really heat up around the combine. Yeah, so that's yeah. That's, so that's, I mean, it goes. I mean, that's where and, a lot of stuff gets done. And but combine is two weeks. Uh, the very end of February, right? I think it's two weeks, but I don't even know what the date is today. So I don't. Today's Friday. <laughs> it's all running together. That's the day. What is the date? Oh, the date. What the heck 16th. is it? Okay. February twenty yeah. sixth through March fourth is the combine. So that's two weeks, right? Yeah. That's yes. two weeks. All right, Ten so, days away. So we got great. a little bit to go. We're great with dates around here. <laughs> and free agency should open in mid March. Beginning of March, right? Early to mid-March, something yeah. like that. I'll look again. So again, you've got, you know, a little bit of time between Luvu. Uh, you know, between the combine, if that's where you're going to meet with Luvu's agent, and and the start of free agency, but March, that is crucial to get done, man. March 13th at 4 p.m. There you go. So you have two weeks again from the combine, where you where you know you could be meeting with Luvu's agent to start a free agency. You got to have Luvu done, I, Danny Morgan. You got to have Luvu done, man. I'm going to guess, Matt, just a hunch here that football free agency, much like basketball, a lot of big names will go early. Unlike Major League Baseball, where five of the biggest free agents out there uh, of like the top ten are still on the market as spring training gets going, baseball Man, free agency is the weirdest thing. Manfred talked about it yesterday when he met the media and said, "Yeah, we've we got to figure so we got to get a deadline or something." Well, there's one there's one common denominator yes. when it comes to the baseball people, and mm -hmm. it's all that they are Scott Boris clients, and Scott Boris is money hungry. This is true, but Scott Boris, I, you, I've told everybody I'm the official. Don't don't listen to what JJ says. I'm the official, um, uh, you know, unofficial agent okay. for JJ Jansen, and I actually learned under Scott Boris. That's my, <laughs> a lot of my a lot uh -oh. of my tactics that I will use again with Dan Morgan. You know, for my client, yeah. actually came from Scott Boy, Boris. JJ did, may be on the couch earlier than he's hoping. <laughs> that did, uh -oh. did anybody else have a moment yesterday where they heard the headline that Brad Manfred is retiring as the commissioner and thought, oh, this is great. And then they said, yeah, it's happening in five years. <laughs> I was like, you talk about an early retirement announcement. Yes, I'll be stepping away as commissioner. Everybody cheer, yay! Now you got to wait till 2029 when my contract is up. Yeah, what could go wrong in the next five years? That's the thing. You got there's so much you're gonna do between like why even let us know? I guess you just wanna let us know, hey, this is the last contract I'm getting, baseball fans. All right, you just gotta make it through five more years of me. I heard he's gonna hang on till all Scott Boris clients are signed. So it's gonna be five more years. <laughs> yeah, it should take at least five more years. All right, let's talk um uh, let's go around the NFL a little bit right now. And we're still, you know, we're still hearing some of the details from 
the the sad day at the Chiefs victory parade the other day, and you know it, it, the numbers hadn't gone up. Obviously, um, the local DJ there, um, Lisa Lopez, right? Yes, is her name, and she passed away. Other than that, it was twenty two people injured, um, uh, but a lot of kids involved in that as well. But some of the details are starting to come out. Bone one is that apparently of the three people they took into custody, one was released. And apparently they think this started from a dispute between two juveniles, two mm. people that aren't even of legal adult age yeah. in a dispute. And next thing you know, 23 people are getting shot. Man. What the hell? What dispute is worth that for God's yeah, sake? Yeah, at a Super Bowl celebration parade, what could be that big of a deal to cause guns? I, I'm, I don't know, man. That's... Something that's probably that minute in the scheme of life that will never matter. It takes a life away and affects so many other lives and really affects an entire city, man. Uh, Brittany Mahomes said yesterday that, that that the Super Bowl and this moment can never be viewed the same because of that moment after the celebration. So this didn't just – this affected so many people, including those that – were there celebrating their victory. There were some. As it, as, as it would for anybody. The one thing that happens in these moments, though, because it's so sad, and I'm, I'm not going to soapbox it. We, 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 you know, we were accused of soapboxing it yesterday. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'll just say this. You do see people step up in these mm -hmm. situations all the time. There are still, you know, guys that and gals that are capable of that moment of, of heroism when it's a real stressful situation. Multiple Chiefs players... Uh, we're, we're seeing consoling kids, calming down kids um, who were basically losing it, you know, as they witnessed all of this and this happened around them. There was one kid, Trey Smith, offensive lineman for the Chiefs. He had one of those like WWE type belts yeah. that he was wearing for yeah. champs. A lot of the, a lot of the Chiefs had those the other day and he gave it to a kid. The kid said, I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, so he gave it to the kid. He talked wrestling with the kid and, a, and a multiple Chiefs players were, were involved in kind of. You know, consoling and calming down kids. And then yesterday, Jackson Mahomes, a guy that, I mean, I've taken as many shots at him for some of the uh, stuff he's been involved in and done uh, as anybody. But you got to give him credit. He apparently, Bone, um, saw a kid that ha did not have his parents with him. Like, got separated from his parents right after the gunshots. Imagine how you'd be feeling as a kid. And the kid was losing his mind, and Jackson Mahomes went over, kind of calmed him down, kind of, you know, chilled him out, and they were able to reconnect with his parents. So it's, it's, I wish we did not have any of these stories, right? Obviously, but you do hear, I mean, there's so many, and that's the thing, Bone, of all these 48 mass shootings in America to this point, there's still so many good people in this country, man. They really, they really are. There's heroes know? in every one of these stories, there's heroes that, you know, some we hear about, some we don't. And that's what makes it even sadder when we don't really talk about the heroes that lessen what could have been much worse in situations because we just want to go politics or other avenues of the events that occurred instead of maybe talking about people like Jackson Mahomes or the Chiefs players or the guy that tackled somebody. There's always a moment, Mac, in these things, in school shootings or whatever, where you know, uh, someone makes a, a choice to to make a move and, and stop it. These things can often get so much worse than they are, but someone along the way sacrifices themselves so it's not as bad as it actually could be, believe it or not. And we don't talk enough about those people because we're so divided. We talk about all the reasons why and all the other stuff when the heroes should be the main story, 
of those that didn't make it worse. At least, at least a part of the story. You know what I mean? The problem of this is his huge story, too. I mean, the stuff teachers have done across this country and horrible shooting situations, too. So, anyway, they deserve credit. And I'd just like to make a plea right now, Bone. Let Jackson Mahomes pass the VIP velvet rope next time. All right? Seriously, he had this moment. Let him pass the rope. Did you see the video last week, Bone? I did, yeah. Where he, he was trying to get into the VIP area after Brittany Mahomes went in, and they weren't letting Jackson in. And Brittany Mahomes looked over at him and shrugged like, eh, guess he ain't coming in. And then just started dancing immediately. <laughs> started popping and locking immediately. So, anyway, oh. let Jackson in next time, y'all. I got one last thing, Bone, from the Super Bowl fallout here. Um, that that I want everybody to hear. This is NFL Films, uh, the same NFL Films people that brought you the tender conversation inside the but, NFL. But it, but but it is an NFL Films. Yeah, it is vehicle. Oh, okay. it's NFL Films footage. It's from inside the NFL, but it's NFL Films like footage. That's how you're hearing these guys mic'd up, and it's from the, it's uh, from the same NFL Films production that brought you the tender moment between uh, Travis. And Taylor, that everybody loved so much the other day. This is, and I love the way they, they could not have edited this any better. This is reaction first from like Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs when they find out that San Francisco took the ball to start overtime because they, the uh, KC wanted to punt, uh, kick the ball. And then you're going to hear Kyle Juszczyk on the Niners sideline right after it. It's just hilarious. L- listen to this. They wanted it. They want it, they can have it. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. <laughs> One team do exactly what they wanted, and then you flash to Kyle Yusha. Hey, man, this is crazy. Even if we score a touchdown, they get the ball. I didn't realize that. <laughs> there was some, yeah, there was some unreal NFL films mic'd up footage. Matt, did you see referee Bill Vinovich talking to the fellow referee? But what was going on? No. This no. was unreal. He told the other ref when, during a downtime, your best play that you have in your book, you probably need it right now. You don't want to give that ball back to Mahomes for San Francisco. Bill Vinovich is commenting that he knew what that, was probably going to happen. Do refs do that? Just talk about the game in the middle of timeouts? I, I hadn't heard it before, but Bill Vinovich was like, I can't believe Mahomes. I guess is they're fans, too. I, yeah, guess I guess they're enjoying the game, too. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I, that was a uh, well-refed game there, too. So he's not going to get under fire for messing something up along the way. Uh, you talk about some of these things being comical. The one where Niners players on the sidelines uh, are saying, he's just a regular guy. Pat Mahomes is a regular. We're going to make him look like a regular guy. I'd like to talk to those guys about that regular guy today. Well, that was Mahomes at the podium the other day. I said, I'm just a regular quarterback, y'all. Is that what that was a reference yeah, to? Yes, it was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Niners, you deserve to lose. You didn't know the rules. You disrespected one of the goats. Get that bleep out of here. Mac, as I'm choosing my favorite driver at random today, sad news for Austin Sindrick, uh, Daniel Suarez, and Flounder's Choice, which was an option in there to pick one out for oh, me. They're they, all have gone? Been, they have been eliminated, so hope oh. that doesn't affect their, their lives oh, here. Oh, they're sad. they got to be sad. This segment is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. When we come back, we had a chance yesterday to talk to Nick Baumgartner. Baumgartner? Baumgartner? Did I say it wrong? Baum, I think. Baum. Baum, Baum, Baum. Nick Baumgartner joined us yesterday from TheAthletic.com. He talked draft. Who does he have at 33 for the Panthers? Matt got fired up. Find out. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
92.7 WFNZ. Mac and Bone with you rolling through. Hour one here on a Friday. Feeling good. A lot of Panther talk on this show today, y'all. All right, you know we're going to do it. You know you can trust your boys Mac and Bone to put the Panthers back together again. All right? Like Humpty Dumpty. We're going to put the Panthers back together again. Who could do a better job? than Mac and Bone putting the Panthers back together. We're not even trying to get fully back on that wall again. We're just trying to climb up that wall a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> just get halfway up the wall, man. And then in the second year, we'll boost them all the way up. We took a big old fall. Man. We, we did. Big old the, fall ski. There's no doubt. So I'm hoping everybody over there taking notes, Bone, as you and I suggest moves. Because all the moves that we suggest on this show, I mean, they're just, we knock them out of the park. We've got right. more moves than a bowl of jello. <laughs> That was very Willie P like, and I don't, I don't know. Got more moves than Willie P during a victory dance? Well, no, that's not really that hard to do, is it? <laughs> he has the bounce up and down move and then throw himself into the wall. He's move. got the moves of a baked potato. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's do this, man. Let's let you uh, focus a bit uh, on the draft for a few minutes here. Nick Baumgartner is um, uh, with The Athletic covering the NFL and the NFL draft. He did a mock draft the other day that was a three-rounder. Multi-round mocks get us involved in the draft. I like those very much. And the first thing he was talking about is why his pick of Ladd McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia at number 33, he thinks would make sense for the Panthers. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. And those people need to watch Ladd's tape, I think, because it's. Uh, I think you get lost a little bit. Some The casual fans will get lost just looking at Ladd McConkey because he is not a, uh, you know, he's not a first guy off the bus, you know, player. He's. <laughs> He was a three-star recruit. He was not one of George's, like, dud recruits. However, you know, this guy is, you know, first of all, he has uh, agility and burst and speed that will show up at the combine that will surprise a lot of people with his testing numbers. Uh, it, that all shows up on his tape. Um, he's, a, he's a surprising athlete. I think he surprised even Georgia. He was able to get on the field right away there. But more than anything, uh, this is a guy who is, I think he's, about as good a route runner as you as you'll find, and he's up there with the top guys uh, in the draft, in my opinion, as the full body route runner uh, that can get open in the slot, that can get open out wide. Uh, he was terrific at the Senior Bowl. You can't do anything with him one on one out there in space like that. Uh, and to me, he is he is probably the most quarterback friendly uh, receiver in the draft. And when we say that, that's like you know coming back to the ball. Uh, he doesn't drop passes. He reminds me of um, a guy in Detroit right now, Amon Ross St. Brown. That's what Ladd McConkey reminds me a lot of. And I think for a team like Carolina and a quarterback like Bryce Young, that is, like, super important. A guy, like, that you can always rely on, and I think Bryce really needs that right now. Nick, who are some other wide receivers uh, in that 33 range that could be Panther targets that fit what they're looking for? Although you could say, based off of last year's wideouts, anyone that can catch the football uh, is possibly an option. But who are some names to look out for? I mean, it's going to be tricky and interesting to see because there could be a run like Ladd. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he slips up in the first round. You know, I got a, I had Adonai Mitchell, the Texas receiver, who's big and long and explosive. I think he'll be a first-rounder, too, but you never know. He could slip down there. Keon Coleman, same thing. Uh, those are the guys that could maybe fall. It would be a little bit surprising there if they did. Um, more realistically, though, uh, a guy like Troy Franklin from Oregon uh, who can play a couple different spots for you. Xavier Worthy, who's got no-doubt speed. Uh, out there, uh, Texas receiver. I like Malachi Corley a lot. That might be a little high for him. Um, but there's a good handful in there uh, right at 33, and I think the best hope if you're Carolina is that one of those guys falls. And that includes Ladd. I think that he's in that group that could be in the first round. And, you know, maybe if you know there's a lot of tackles in this draft, uh, maybe if there's a run on tackles, or maybe if the quarterbacks get pushed up, you know, that, that could be a benefit too for Carolina. 
Uh, guy that we watched play at, at North Carolina. First of all, we had to root for him to be eligible, right? And then the NCAA finally gave right. in. Yeah. Then we watched Tez Walker play, and he was amazingly impressive. And then all the reports out of the Senior Bowl, and, and I watched the game. The practices, the reports were always dropping. He's not playing well. The game, he had chances to make plays and didn't. Is his right. stock dropping? Like, what are, what's everybody thinking of, of Tez Walker right now? I feel like I feel like Tez is flattened a little bit, and it's like it's really hard. And I had him in the third round, and I felt like that was way too low because there's a lot of good. The problem is, is there's so many good receivers, you know, and that's the thing is there's a bunch of guys that did go to the Senior Bowl that did have a really good week, like Corley. I just mentioned him really good week at the Senior Bowl, so he's a guy who was probably a little bit ahead of Tez, depending on who you talk to. I think Daniel Jeremiah has Tez up there in like 23 or 24 somewhere. Oh, uh, in the first round, you know what I mean? So, I mean, he's got legit talent, no question, but, you know, it's not consistent. And I think that's what the Senior Bowl showed is that because he had some really good reps at the Senior Bowl, too, really good ones. But he, then he also had ones that you're like, what the hell is going on here, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's just it's not as consistent as you'd want, and I think that's going to be the thing that maybe pushes him down a little bit. Nick Baumgartner with us, theathletic.com, has a really, really great mock-up right now. Check it out. Again, theathletic.com, doing great work. Panthers also, in addition to wideouts, they need a really dynamic young tight end if they can find one somewhere in the draft. What's the depth of the tight end class looking like this year? Not, you know, I think it's a little bit better than I thought it was originally. Uh, you know, it's after Brock Bowers, there's obviously a huge dip there. Sanders, the kid from Texas, is probably a second-round pick, I would think. Uh, Theo Johnson's a kid that, uh, from Penn State that played really well at the Senior Bowl. And had a really good season uh, for Penn State. Their offense wasn't very good, but, you know, sometimes you got to really squint there to see uh, some guys playing. But he was a really good two-way tight end. Uh, Kate Stover, Ohio State, is another guy that could probably be there in round three. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys like that, you know, in the in the later rounds. I think this is a year that you're going to be, you know, last year there were so many good tight ends at the top. This year I think it's a sneakier, there's sneakier depth here, but I think you're going to be able to, to mine it late. And that's the thing with Carolina is they, you know, they need more picks. I mean, that's the hardest thing for them. And they're going to have to take advantage of every single one of these, especially the, uh, the day three ones. Obviously offensive line, Nick is, a, is another big position of need. Really yeah. anything that can help Bryce Young is a position of need. Right. The man needs some dang help. So offensive line, I wonder if they would go interior linemen, uh, you know, at 33 instead of wide receiver, mm-hmm. Could they wait to the third round? I know that a lot of people have really hyped up this offensive line class. What do you think about the Panthers? Like, do can they get a guy that can make an immediate impact in early round three, or would they have to do that in round two? What do you think? I think they can absolutely do it in round three, and that's definitely something I thought about. I ended up giving them a corner, but I thought about offensive line for them uh, in the same spot. You got you, know, you can do a couple different things. Blake Fisher is a tackle from Notre Dame. That I think might be, you know, right in there. Uh, Dominic Puny is a is a guard tackle from Kansas who's really really talented. Um, if you want to just go guard, Christian Haynes um, from uh, UConn. There's really good players that are going to be probably there. I would think Christian Mahogany is another one from Boston College in the third round. And you know, it's not just the tackles; it's tackles and some centers in this draft that are pretty okay. pretty solid in there too. You know what I mean? So that is definitely something that I think if you're going to take alignment and I think that it's gonna be what do you need more? Do you need a lineman or do you need somebody on the edge there? And it'll be I think you want to do that, you know, before the end of day two because like you said, there there are a lot of really good ones in this draft. Nick
There you go. That is Nick Baumgartner. He is covering the NFL draft for the Athletic. Check out his three-round mock. He includes the Panthers. Every mock draft guy that includes the Panthers, Bone, is a friend of mine during this season. We are left out of a lot of the mocks, and it's very frustrating. So anyway, thanks him for joining us. He was great too, man. He was. Uh, no doubt about it. When we come back, of the Panthers' last three first-round picks, who do you still have the most faith in? Bryce, Icky, Horn. We discuss Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.